0: the big sound machine hello big sound machine podcast coming at you hi how are you it's been a little while i think since we did the last one but welcome along this week's podcast show is another album run through review show with a fantastic songwriter nathan timothy His album, Chasing the Positive, came out earlier on this year and I caught up with him. I think we were just four weeks or five weeks into lockdown, so we kind of knew what it all was, Uh, but we were still all getting used to it, so you'll hear us mention that during this uh, as well. Hope you're all doing well. Enjoy this fantastic conversation. Gets a little bit uh, deep into Nathan's songwriting Process and the reason why he's been writing songs at all. Nathan Timothy, chasing the positive. So we're going to talk today about your um, well album that was released earlier on this year, January, was it that came out? That's right. Yeah, yeah. The title, yeah, is uh, chasing the positive.
1: Yeah, it was. I must have been some sort of premonition, <laughs> but. Uh... Yeah, chasing the positive. I, I it was going to be called midlife crisis, but um, I changed the title within the last sort of few months because I, I didn't want to put out something that was had a negative connotation. Yeah. Um, the start of the album, um, it sort of came at a really um, tough time. I'd lost my sister, uh, my younger sister, and I was yeah obviously not one of Very good place. That's probably probably the worst thing that that can happen to someone, Uh, losing a sibling. Mm. Um, But I I was I was writing. I was was, you know I never never stopped writing. Um, So it was all sort of born out of that and this kind of. It was my fortieth birthday and the working title was always midlife crisis because all this sort of bad stuff seemed to be happening to me around that time. Uh But um, yeah, as we got closer to kind of completing the album. I was aware that certainly for the last sort of couple of years of working on it, I was always chasing and looking for something positive. Even though there was, you know, lots lots to be <laughs> down about. Um, so yeah, that's the that's the reason for that. And certainly with, with my charity work I I'm forever uh chasing the positive, you
0: know. Yeah, sure. So there is there is a track on here called Chasing the Positive, which I yeah. presume is where you well, I don't know which, which, which one came first, uh, Chicken and Egg, but let's start at the beginning, <laughs> shall, yeah, shall we? Yeah. We'll, get, we'll get to that a little okay. bit later on. Right. Uh, so track one is Paper House. Now, yep. I'm, I'm just going to try and cue this up. I may have to, I may have to stop using this, but I'm going to try cueing up Paper House just so we can have a little listen to it. Mm-hmm.
2: back to the day. I won't forget what she said to me over and over again.
0: So that's paper house. Um, so well, pa- paper houses fragile. Um, so what's what's paper house? Yeah. Really?
1: Um, well, when I was about nineteen, well, I, I shortly after I'd kind of started writing, I guess um, uh, it's, just, it's a bit depressing, really. A, a, a friend of mine passed away. Somebody that I started recording with um, and. I'm a I'm a massive Howard Jones fan. Mm -hmm. Um, Back in the back in the 90s when this was, I I sent a a demo cassette of my friend to Howard Jones, Um, and his mum phoned me the next day. Um, Obviously, sensed from the letter that I'd written, that I was a bit fragile. Yeah, having having kind of had this huge shock, and. so yes, yeah, she phoned me the next day, and I was just—it was—it was—I was really moved that she would made the effort. I didn't expect anything, but I was—I um, was really moved that she'd made this effort.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, and when I when I started um, thinking about this song, she, um, I read somewhere on the internet that she had she was running the fan club back in the eighties and nineties, and uh, she contacted thousands and thousands and thousands of kids. Um, uh, I'm always written back to everybody, and and I was kind of this, this surrogate mum figure uh-huh. to so many, and I thought, wow, that's a, that's amazing. So I, I really felt like I wanted to to write something as a as a tribute to to that to that person. So um, that's that's where that that came from. So it's a, it's a song for for Thelma Jones. Amazing. Um, yeah, just as a kind of thank you, I, my wife and I got to know her quite well. Uh-huh. Um, over the years, um, and she and she was really really kind, um, and, and and never asked for anything in return. And I thought that was just a great. great
0: and this thing. was this something that she generally did for the. Was was she sort of running yeah. the fan club officially, or was it? That's or, right. Uh, yes, she was.
1: Thing? Yeah, no, she was. She was. Uh, her and her husband were, were were running the the fan club, and they and they yeah they they just had all the time in the world for for the fans, and I think it was such a great thing.
0: Um, it feels like uh, you wonder if that's the sort of thing that in our sort of modern culture that just couldn't happen anymore that you've got. Uh, I mean, Howard Jones became quite a big star, certainly in the in the UK. Yeah. Um, and would have had, I imagine, quite a lot of correspondence. But this 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 sort of conceptually, this idea of someone who's, uh, you know, ha- having a, a collection of fans who would correspond by mail and then yeah. that mail being dealt with by their parents. You th- yeah, you kind of feel is that is that a culture that we've lost these days? <laughs> you
1: think? I can Yeah, it's very very difficult to imagine it happening now, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I love that, and I, I mean, a lot of those fans uh, have become friends of mine now. I, I think that I mean, they all have similar stories, and I think it's it's such a great great thing. And did you meet? So you met them as well? Yeah, yeah, nu- numerous times. Yeah. Around, um, yeah, and you so so met I,
0: Howard, presumably.
1: Yeah, and I got to say. Thanks. I also got to tell
0: Howard that story as well, and um, which is great. Fantastic stuff. Yeah. What an amazing, what an amazing story. Now this is your yeah. seventh album. It, yeah. <laughs> that's, it, I mean, it's got to be said that's some going for anyone, really.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I, when I set out writing songs back in the nineties, I, I I always had this kind of uh, mantra that I would, you know, I'd, I'm I'm not writing songs. For anyone, really, I'm writing songs because I love the process of writing and not not to make money if that makes any sense mm-hmm. so um, yeah, I've always written sort of as truthfully as I possibly can and about things and people that i that I'm connected to. Um, yeah, uh, but uh, I, I love the process. I mean, I write um, every day if I can, yeah, something. It's not always great, but uh, um, I I like the kind of exercising that muscle, if you like.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the whole process of songwriting is something that you're not just engaged with as something that you do yourself. That's something you share.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Absolutely.
0: Because as a a process, as I said, the actual process of songwriting is particularly keen to you. But it it goes further than that. You have a a charity as well, which we'll maybe chat a little bit about. Uh, more later but that's that's a songwriting charity that is yeah what it is
1: yeah well yeah that that tells you straight away how, how passionate i am about the the sort of the
0: art the craft of creating songs yeah yeah just love it i'll definitely ask you a bit more about that in a minute so happy over there is track two I mean, I always wonder why. Are there any reasons when you're kind of putting a, a an album together? Why why the order comes comes about? Um, you know, starting with Paperhouse, going on to Happy Over There. Was there was there a process?
1: That's a really good question. I mean,
0: I, d- I do think about that a lot.
1: Um, and up until, I think a week before I committed, that Happy Over There was always the first track. Um, but then, I kind of I, I wanted to save it. Really, I didn't. I. I always thought Happy Over There was was the opening track. It was mm-hmm. it's the it's a funkier track. It's a more upbeat, positive opening to an album. Mm-hmm. Um, but because Paper House was in effect the first song that I committed to on this project, I thought right, well you know it it, it deserves to be first, <laughs> um, um, and you know the story was was strong. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was really proud of proud of that, and I had worked very hard. I think Paper House, I'd worked on more than any other track on the album because I just couldn't get it to sit uh-huh. um, in the way that I wanted it to. And it, there was one time it had drums all over it, and then I kept taking things away, and you know, so on. But Happy Over There, yeah, the second track, um, yeah. very funky, um, and, and it has a very sort of poignant first line, which is. Uh, do what you love, love what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, which was, uh, yeah, yeah, which was on my sister's fridge. It was, it was a magnet that she had on her fridge. Um, so that's where that, that song came from. And you know, as I as I mentioned earlier, she she passed away in 2011. So yeah. I had that kind of image: do what you love, love what you do, burned on my brain. You know, it mm. was kind of um, as, as a way a positive thing that I was kind of just hanging on to, really, to throughout. You know, the making of the album.
2: I do love, love
0: Over there.
1: (laughs) Well, I I guess, you know, with Facebook and things like that, we're always looking at other people, aren't we? We're always (laughs) thinking about, oh, yeah, they're having a better time than me. Um, So I want to kind of, uh, we're always sort of competing, if if you know what I mean, you know, to to see what everybody else is doing. Yeah. Yeah. My my son, while I was writing, literally writing that song, um, I said to my son, you know, do you want to stay up and help me finish this song? And he was like, oh, no, I'd rather go to bed than, than, than sit here listening to <laughs> oh, you. And I, I, but, but that line, I mean, the, the great thing about that, is that line became the bridge, you know. I'd yeah. rather go to bed than sit here <laughs> wandering. I mean, I, I love how little accidents like that become quirky moments in a song. Um, Brilliant. And it, and it did literally help me finish the song. So. Yeah, no, it'll, be after a, <laughs> it'll
0: be after a writing credit now, though, Nathan.
1: I mean it's got some really great funky guitars in it. I mean I used to st- when I wrote the song, I used um, a sample pack from f9 audio to to create the the guitar part uh-huh. um, and the guitars were sampled uh, from uh, a player called Robin Bolt. Uh-huh. Now, when I finished the track, finished writing the track, I thought it would be great to actually have the real <laughs> real person playing. On this. So I contacted him and he, and he agreed to, to play it. So it, it, came from, it came from his samples and then he had to learn how to play the track yeah. based on the sketch that I'd done. Wow. So, yeah, and obviously it was like a million times better. But
0: What I, what I love about this, sometimes these little stories come out and I, I kind of encourage yeah. people listening to this um, to think of that um, positively. And that I keep hearing the stories of, of people saying, oh, I just thought I'd give them a cult. So I think yeah. a lot of times uh, artists think, well, "I can I couldn't possibly do that." You think, "Yeah, you, you probably could uh, get in yeah. touch with someone." Now, I've heard these stories before about well, uh, people just getting in touch with someone they'd like to have involved in their project, and and quite often those people said, "Yeah, sure."
1: Well, absolutely. This this project is is testament to that. I mean, I I like to do all of the programming and get the get the arrangement done, and then I think, right, who would I like to? beyond this track yeah um, um and i'm very fortunate in that i you know the the core musicians that i use i've, I've used from day one really uh, steve corley on piano and um mark cox on guitar they 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 they're always my kind of dial people that, that, that are re- reliable and they know exactly what i what i mean when i when i do these sketches yeah. but uh, this this particular project i used for the first time i used um a brilliant drummer called Emma, emily dolan davis Oh and yes. she does she does remote drumming and
0: yes i, I um, know emily actually oh, we, great. we have met yes yeah, yeah yeah
1: she's she's fantastic i mean um little chat on skype uh, again i you know i programmed the drums pretty much as i want them but then she'll i, I do Give the musicians free rein as to you know, to kind of put their put their stamp on it, and it's always it's always better when you get a, a real musician on uh, on these. The
0: no, Emily, Emily's yeah. fantastic, and I think uh, maybe have a, a slightly softer spot for Emily as well because she works with one of our uh, local heroes in Hertfordshire. She's been on tour with um, Kim oh, Wilde. That's right. Yeah, who yeah. basically lives about ten miles away from where I am right now. So yeah,
1: yeah. Emily drums. If you want to, you want to check out Emily. That's um, right. I must mention on, on, on this particular track and um, on, on, on and on Paper House actually, the, the string arra- arrangements were uh, weren't done by me. They, they, were, they were done by um, brilliant, brilliant musician called Lester Barnes. Um, mm-hmm. Lester, um, you'll hate me for saying this, but he's he's famous for doing every the music for every episode of Horrid Henry. Oh, really? Um, <laughs> but it, I mean, the, the man is an absolute. Genius and, and, and a really good friend of mine, and, and and did all the arrangements of the strings and the brass on Happy Over There. It's all I mean, the, the great thing about it is it's all it's all programmed, and you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't tell. Yeah, um, that's a skill in itself. So good to make yeah. it sound, well, you know, just to make it sound like that. Yeah, amazing. Um, yeah.
0: Okay, track three, Arms Around My World. That's an interesting, slightly different turn of phrase, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the story behind this is that uh, when my second son, Harrison, was born, I wanted to write a song for him, and, and uh, Arms Around the World is, is his song. Um, so it's about him uh, kind of growing up. It took me a little while. I, I wanted to, obviously, <laughs> couldn't write it straight away, so you, you know, get, getting to know him a bit and, and the way he is, and um, I us kind of talk about that in, in the song. But um, he used to wake me, when he was v- very small, he used to wake me up by hitting me on the head. You know, slapping me and kind of wake up, Dad. You know, time to get up. So um, every single time you wake me up, I mean, that's him hitting me on the head with his hand. That's where that line came
0: from. Though. Where do you learn that? That's the way to get someone up is just hit them on the head.
1: Yeah, he used to come sort of right up close to my face and, and slap me on the head. It was. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't encourage it. This is, you know, this is not, this is not the way to treat your your parents. No, folks, if not, you're listening, not the correct behaviour.
2: Every time I see you Every time I know Wanna hold you
0: listening to the, this track it particularly struck me I, I don't know what your influences are but this one particularly struck me as uh, I can mm. kind of hear what I would call a classic songwriting or a classic vocal um melodic sound I think it reminded me of um, and I hope I'm not going okay. to like give you any sort of insulting references here but it, it reminded me of things like Barry Manilow, Billy Joel, Christopher Cross, <laughs> that sort of thing. Right
1: yeah yeah I mean, I, I take that as a compliment because um, um, I was speaking to uh, someone the other day. Barry Manilow is actually the, the, the main reason why I ended up writing songs. Oh, really? Um, I, I I lived in the Middle East in in the 80s um, for about 18 months, sort of early 80s. Mm-hmm. And um, there was no TV. I mean, we got to the Middle East. My dad was working out there in a hospital and... and we got out there, and I was just horrified that there was no TV. So um, all I had—I mean, not all I had, but you know, I all I had at the time was was um, music. And we used to go to the market and buy shed loads of cassettes, all sorts of cassettes. Mum and Dad would encourage certain certain things, and Barry Manlow <laughs> was was one of them. So listening to Barry Manlow made me kind of. Uh, and some of his great songs, some of the ones that were written uh, and were huge hits, yeah. uh, were very inspiring. I thought, how, do, how does he? How is he doing that? How is he make, How is it so so powerful? How is it making me cry? And yeah, just uh, to fascinate me. I, I kind of, even as a you know ten year old kid, th- this was really having a massive impact on me.
0: From, yes, yeah,
1: I became obsessed then from that moment.
0: Fantastic! He's got that incredibly meta song, hasn't he? Which I, I write the songs that make the whole world sing. It's like that, yeah. You know, t- yeah, telling yeah. his own story in a song. It's incredible. <laughs> no, it's great. <laughs> yeah, love that. So, was it was songwriting? Or was it always writing that was the main driver, rather than performing, or is it? Or how how is it? Are they are they indelibly linked?
1: Yeah, I think it was. It was definitely writing first, and then. Um, I got caught performing a song once. Um, I was part of a theatre group and I got, some, I got caught performing. I, I, yeah, a song. I, I, I was sitting at the piano. I thought I thought <laughs> nobody else was there. <laughs> I, was, I was sitting at the piano and somebody came in and was standing in the corner. And I had no idea they were there. Uh-huh. And, and this guy said, "Yeah, you need to do this. You need to sing because this is amazing." Yeah. Um, and um, I was stupid and I believed him. And uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, you know, it's his fault, definitely. Um, yeah. So from that moment, it was kind of like, okay, maybe I can do this, and um, worked hard
0: at it. Uh, brilliant stuff. Track four, then. Uh, let's move on to that. Uh, this is a this is a, a certainly a title, if not a phrase, that I can uh, very much identify with. Yeah. It could easily have been called Ooh Squirrel. But what it's actually called is <laughs> "easily distracted."
1: <laughs> yeah, "ooh squirrel" was the working title. <laughs> yeah, well, "easily distracted" is um, again a, a reference to the way we are all easily distracted by social media. Um, and my, f- it's it, you know, it's it's a love a love song about my phone, really.
0: Ah, that's brilliant! Uh, a love song yeah, about my phone. Like
1: yeah, that. it's a love song to my phone, I suppose. So when you listen to it, it's, it's me kind of singing to my phone. I mean, and it could be anybody singing to their phone because, yeah. you know, you should be doing stuff, but you're reading reading the next sort of article or watching some random video of some cat or whatever it is. So, yeah, that's what easily distracted about. The title actually was from, um, I was reading uh, Steve Coogan's autobiography. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I just thought that's great so um, let's write a song called Easily Distracted which is the same the same title I love I love Steve Coogan he's, he's I, I'm always distracted by him <laughs> <laughs>
0: he's great fantastic
2: Easily Distracted by the writing on the walls Easily Distracted Time
0: Uh, d- does it come from titles first, Do you come up with an idea uh, for a title and a song, or does the does the song spring from somewhere else and then a title presents itself that's appropriate, or is it n- is it neither of those things or all of them?
1: It's all of them with me. I think I'm I'm always thinking. Right, is that a, that's a good title? That's a good that's a good line. I don't know why you got. I compartmentalise these things. I kind of think, right, well, that's a good title, so that this, this, remember that. I mm. um, don't know what that's about yet, but that's a great title. Um, or it might be like my son saying, "I'd rather go to bed than sit here yeah. listening." Was was definitely a line that had to go in somewhere. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, sort of compartmentalising all these different things and thinking where, where they're going to fit in hmm.
0: And what about ly- lyric and melody do they do they come together yeah. or are they um is it words first music second other way around or again is it kind of depends
1: often with me i think with this this particular project i was all of the songs started at the piano i'm, I'm very lucky that i have a piano i never i never take that for granted but um yeah it would often start with me just sitting at the piano and improvising um i may have had a title or i may just be st- just singing random uh improvising random sounds mm-hmm. um and then the 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 words are suggested from those melodies uh-huh. and, uh, and those sounds i i learned that from uh, phil collins not Personally, but I, I saw him doing that. and right. um, I, I know that is this technique for writing. I, I, I tried it you know, back in the 90s. I tried it, and I thought oh, this is great. I mean, just just improvising anything, yeah, sort of um, any sounds and stuff, um, and then then putting the words to it afterwards. Yeah. But um,
0: yeah, that may be very interesting for anyone listening to this. who's think you know the, the concept of writer's block? I suppose. Yeah, uh, I, I
1: don't. I don't believe in that really. Um, I just sit there until something happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just and I just try stuff. I mean, I I'll sit there and I'll play the piano, and if something comes there, that's great. And if it doesn't, I'd then just take my hands off the piano and just start singing something. Mm. Just grab a book or grab a magazine and just start improvising using some of the words that are there in front of you or. Uh, maybe they just turn the tv on and grab a, a sound bite from there and use that as a lyric to, a starting yeah. point you know i mean there's so many things little tricks i use
0: so just trusting your own creativity do you think I, yeah i've been yeah. listening to something recently that's a bit like with any creative the, the thing to do is just start and keep going so sort of thing. yes
1: yes yeah being really brave just going for it um and um and also try and record I, I, i've always recorded everything that i've done um all the mistakes and all the improvising and over the years. It started off just a cassette tape mm. back in the day, but now, obviously, with phones, we've got voice memos and sort of recording things on there and get into the habit of recording everything because, you know, you, you forget otherwise. Yeah? There's so many ideas that you just forget. And it's, it's, it's lovely to go back um, and then look at your voice memos and think, oh, actually, that's a really good idea. Let's finish that off. Yeah. If it's unfinished or but um,
0: yeah, brilliant. Track five. We're sort of almost middle of the album, I suppose, and it's okay. the and it's the album title. Yeah, chasing the positive. Sure. Uh, was the was the album named after the song?
1: Yeah, the uh, the, the song came first. <laughs> um, it was a it was a tribute really to to the person that I've been working with um, for the last. Uh, Ten years or so, uh, John Quinn. He, uh, we're always chasing the positive. We're always trying to find funding for our school projects. Don't always get it. You know, we can we can spend months applying and sort of filling in forms and going to meetings and that sort of stuff, and mm-hmm. still not get funding. Um, so it's, that's a very very difficult um, thing to deal with. It's, it's, if you, your rejection is horrible, yeah, disappointment is horrible. Um, so we have learnt, um, over time to help each other through that. So, um, that's, that's what that song's about. It's about, you know, not every day is, is going to be great, but smile anyway. You know, there's no point in, in kind of dwelling on it too much. Obviously you have to process it and be upset for a little bit, but then like this think how can we move on from this now and, and mm. kind of, um, Fix this problem If there's a problem Or Move on to the next thing Using the same example With funding um, There's some Some occasions Where we've We've put a bid together For a particular project um, And haven't We haven't got that funding And then we've used The same uh, Content For another bid And then we have got it So yeah. I mean So not Not giving up
2: Not every day Is a good day Smile anyway Everyone's a winner, so get up and try again Not everyone you love will love you back No point in giving up on me, cause I'm chasing the positive How do you feel? Waking up at all that you see Is positive Take it on the chin
0: So the songwriting charity is obviously a, a huge part of um, of your life absolutely how did it start um i was a uh,
1: I came out of university um in in the uh, in the 90s and, and went into teaching primary school teaching um, um and loved that i mean did that did that for 12 years um but towards the end of that time i was quite heavily involved in anti-bullying work and organizing events and that sort of thing for the children, and one of the events I organised, um, I was part of the organising team for. Uh, we lost the funding for, um, and I said, right, let's just do it anyway. This can't, this this figure. We've told all the children we're going to be doing this. There's ten yeah. schools involved. Um, I think we should still do it anyway. So I asked uh, sort of friends if they wouldn't mind still doing the workshops, um, and they said, well. Some of them said yes, and some of them said no. We we're, we're not getting paid, so I'm afraid we can't do it. I said, "Well, I would, uh, th- that's fine. I totally understand that." And I said, "Well, I'm I'm going to do a songwriting workshop. I've always wanted to do it." Mm. <laughs> and it was, I mean, if I looking back, that was absolutely like life changing. making that decision to to do it. Um, and that day, I worked with uh, about 90 children. Over the, over the course of the day, and we wrote three songs together, which they then performed and um, it was so powerful and I thought I've just got to do something with this yeah these anti-bullying messages coming from children um, the room was silent you know for, for good reasons and and it was uh, there was just something telling me to do it um, and then I did another workshop. Uh, in the school and my head teacher said you've got to do this Um, and he encouraged me to to go for it so that was back in 2007 Uh we've done thousands and thousands maybe three thousand workshops now all over the place um um yeah it started with just me and then i worked with a charity called beat bullying for a while uh which is where i met john quinn um and then we left beat bullying and we set up the songwriting charity in 2011 yeah um, and really the, the the kind of idea behind the songwriting charity is that I wanted to do other songs I, I knew it was working really well like incredibly well the anti-bullying stuff
0: yeah
1: um, but I wanted to try other subjects you know we, we did a whole year where we just did sports tracks we did anthems sports anthems all around the Olympics yeah that was great um and then we we did a whole project around world peace um i did a the the year following my sister passing away i i, I raised some money and did a whole series of um, songwriting workshops in schools around her area mm-hmm. and then we put on uh, a massive kind of um, celebration concert at millennium stadium where um, kids songs were then played on the big screen there yeah. and a, kind of, yeah, it was great, I mean really positive
0: Amazing achievement As this Is this always with the children
1: Yeah, um, up until last year it was mainly with primary school children um, occasionally secondary school children I say occasionally secondary school children because it's, it's very difficult to get um, secondary school kids off timetable for a whole day uh-huh. so it's basically one song one day, we go into a school and, and I teach the children how to how to do it and then they write their songs I record them we upload them to iTunes on the same day and it's all very very positive sometimes we film it if we've got permissions and things but recently we started working with um, we're supporting an Alzheimer's choir up in Preston and um, that's been really great I mean they've been I've been encouraging the sort of older people to to write songs and
0: uh, that's been incredible it's an incredible thing. You've got some amazing people involved in that as well, which I think is again testament to your sort of just ask approach. I think. Yeah, I, I get rejected a lot, but <laughs> but
1: occasionally, um, people people say say yes, and I mean, um, but yeah, you you must you must kind of. Not be, don't be
0: afraid of of, of asking yeah. the question. But I think yeah, just I was obviously referring to the patrons of the yeah. charity. Who are you know not insignificant names within the music world.
1: No, well you've got Guy Fletcher, who was the first uh, English composer to write songs for Elvis. Was the for my first patron. Yeah. And then Rupert Hine, who is um, he's produced hundreds and hundreds of albums uh, throughout the eight seventies, eighties. Yeah. Um, and then uh I guess the most recent one is, is uh, Sir Ray Davis from the from the Kinks. Yeah. Yeah. So um great to have have their their support.
0: And I think and I think a great testament to the uh the solidity and the power of the charity and the and the work yeah. that you're doing as well, I think.
1: Well well the the trick the trick behind it is that it's all about the kids. It's not you know it's not about me trying to promote my album or anything like that. It's mm. about it's definitely their work. It's definitely them, uh, the, the children expressing themselves and saying what they want to say. And me just really all I do is I put a frame around it. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, I'm really proud of
0: that. Fantastic. I'm going to do a reverse segue on that then, because that's a, that's a, a great point. And I could talk to you, I think we should probably do more, more of a talk about the charity specifically. But let's reverse mm. segue back into promoting your album yeah (laughs) yeah yeah i mean
1: Uh, they're all they're all interconnected in some some way
0: but uh with track six which is uh paris which I, i i i think i remember from listening to it is not a person it's a place
1: so the most of these songs on, on the album are, are, are songs i've written for people now um, years and years ago my wife and i uh, she might not have even been my wife then i think we, we went we had a trip to paris uh, my wife used to work for uh, eurostar so we had um, the great great sort of perks of working for eurostars that you got sort of discounted travel so fantastic we went to Paris for for the weekend, and um, we spent all weekend taking pictures and uh, sort of one of these not not digital pictures, kind of a proper SLR camera. And yeah, uh, yeah, we were just posing and doing all these great shots. And I said to her, you know, towards the end of this trip, I said, well, "We've taken so many pictures. Are you sure? Have you changed the film? Are you sure this, you know?" <laughs> And that we realised we'd be taking all these. These there was no film in the camera at all. We've been, ta- we've, been we've been like prize idiots posing around Paris, taking pictures and um, yeah. And uh, must I just I long for to see those pictures, <laughs> the pictures I will never ever see because they were great. I mean we were we looked great. They're amazing. <laughs> I, I, yeah, so I wanted to put that silly story into a song because I, I mean I still I still have fond fond memories of that trip. Yeah. We walked for miles and miles and miles, taking pictures, but Fantastic. none of them.
0: I sometimes think ever. that that um, yeah. it's perhaps we, we've become so. I like mean, you talked about your uh, your love for your mobile phone earlier on, but we've become so connected to yeah. the idea of capturing everything that we forget yeah. to actually experience what we're, what, what there is to experience. Yeah. It's not so much about taking the photograph yeah. of it, but actually being in the moment, and the photograph should be secondary. I think we've maybe got it yes. the wrong way around. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so.
1: Um, yeah, But always check the film if you're using
0: one of those. Um, <laughs> if you do want the photograph, it is- that's good to, it's good to have the film in. <laughs> OK, so moving on... Um, it, it feels—it's funny, isn't it—that sometimes things just seem to be prescient for some reason. Track seven is called sure. "The Rainbow's End." Of course, even yeah. if I look out of my window right now, I will see numerous pictures of rainbows everywhere because they're yeah. in everyone's windows at the moment.
1: It's funny. I, I mean, um, the, the 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 story behind that is that I, when my um, when my sister passed away, that the way that. I dealt with that for want of a better word, was by writing, um, and I wrote a whole batch of songs, um, but that one kept kind of coming back to the surface as being <laughs> one of the ones that, that I just couldn't ignore mm. if that makes sense. I just had to, I had to record it
2: You have to learn. Well, You have to learn respect You have to learn to fight But somehow you must learn to forget You have to learn to cry to live, you have to learn to survive, but somehow you must learn to forgive. Somehow you must learn to grieve. Tears and laughter when I see your face. Back together like the good old days. Tears and laughter when I see your face standing.
1: Came from um, this a song called Rainbow Connection, which was, I think uh, it was, yes. it was in the Muppet movie. I think so. Yes. Um, yeah, brilliant, brilliant song. Um, I think they and, did a, um, think an
0: almost spoof. I saw the, I saw the more recent Muppet movie recently. Oh yeah. And I think they yeah. did an all, almost spoof of it, but not because because you can't, <laughs> oh, you can't because it's no, too no. emotional. No, it's, it's
1: too good. It's too, it's such a great. Such a great song. I yeah. mean, t- take it out of the Muppet movie, and I mean, it, it, it's amazing in the Muppet movie. But mm. take it out of the Muppet movie is still an amazing song. Um, and that was that was one of my sister's favourite songs. So th- Rainbow's End is uh, is kind of kind of like uh, uh, part two, if you like, of the Rainbow Connection. Or I don't I don't know how you want to think of it, but it's connected to the Rainbow Connection in Um, and yeah, it's probably my most honest song i ever ever written and the most uh i don't want to say painful to write but mm. um, yeah definitely definitely the most honest song and it was all recorded in one take i mean i sat at the piano and and and, and, and recorded it in one take and i just couldn't bring myself to to redo the vocal i just thought i just that's it yeah because i put everything into it and you know dodgy tuning and everything else <laughs> <laughs> stays <laughs> Um, so, yeah, that was recorded in my front room. Steve Cawley playing the piano yeah. and, me, and me singing. and Yeah. Fantastic. Simple. And it's, then a beautiful string arrangement added by Lester Barnes. Yeah. Amazing.
0: I think sometimes, it, it uh, again, our sort of search for perfection is sometimes uh, detracting from our ability to connect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think one one thing I'm getting better at is knowing when to just leave things alone. Yeah. Yeah, the perfection isn't
0: isn't always the the way to go. No, just yeah. Uh we have another um well I don't know if it's a camera connection or an image connection but in, in the, here we go. Yeah. Track 8. Send me pictures. If you have any of me in Paris send them to me so <laughs> you've got the pictures. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um so what send me pictures. Yeah. I mean that that
1: is a song and this sounds really bizarre, but this is a song that I wrote for Nile Rodgers. Um, I'm a massive Nile Rogers fan, and I got to meet him a few times through um, through various events and things. And I, I mean, I count myself lucky that I met him once, but I met him a few times. Mm. Um, and he his mum his mum has dementia, uh-huh. and he I think he he tweeted mum send me pictures or something like that, and I thought, wow, that's great. I mean, so it's really um it's a birthday song for his mum wow that's as, as simple as that um, yeah because he has this real obviously connection with his with his mum and uh he's, it's always on sort of uh social media saying about how, how awful it is that, that dementia has taken hold and yeah obviously with the with the charity we have quite a lot of connections with with people that suffer from dementia my father had, was suffering from it as well before he passed away and, so i, I wanted to yeah i wanted to write a song for nile i mean i've i've had so much joy from his music over the years that i thought let's write him a song um so there you go because <laughs> well, you can if should, you're a writer can. you can write songs for people they don't necessarily ever have to hear it but That's right. uh, yeah i must send it to him yeah
0: yeah fantastic send me- Uh, he's one of the uh, guys, I suppose, for for me, he's one of those uh, characters that seems to have uh, uh, inadvertently influenced my music taste, I've say. It's yeah. not, I kind of remember, uh, you know, chic, uh, late, late 70s particularly, I suppose, when I was first becoming aware of music. So sure. I can remember that without really re- realising who was who. But when you get into the 80s and he's producing the likes of Duran Duran and yeah. uh, David Bowie... And Madonna, yeah, and you realize what uh, an incredible influence he's had on the, uh, pre- uh, the, the, the path yeah. of modern pop music, really. Yes, he's a genius. I mean,
1: the first time I met him, it was at a producer's uh sort of conference day conference thing, mm. uh, and, he, and he approached me and, and shook my hand and said, Hi, I'm Nile Rogers, and I'm, I'm like, I, I was absolutely blown away. <laughs> It's like, I was. I, I know who you sorry, are. Sorry, Niall like, Who? <laughs> hi, I'm not. Li- hi, I'm, I'm Nile Rogers. i was like, oh my god. It's so funny. And I have a similar story with um, with Ray Davis in the uh-huh. of, when I was chatting to Ray Davis. He he at the end of chatting to him, he said, um, "Do you realise I've written? You know, I'm, I write songs as well." <laughs> And I thought that
0: was great. That's
1: fantastic. Do you realise I write songs? I said you've written some of the most iconic songs of, 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 of all time. Yes. But he thought. He, I think he thought I didn't know who he was, but um, I absolutely did.
0: Absolutely. Uh, that's brilliant. That's amazing. That's brilliant. Uh, and, and, and do you know what? It's it it yeah. probably you you kind of hear stories like that and you think that can't be true, but you realise that everybody is human. And they, you yeah. know, so just people just don't necessarily. Sure. They only have a sense of themselves. They don't have a sense of how pe- other people see them, at all. So
1: that's that's right.
0: Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Okay, track nine, Earthbound. Ah, now this
1: one, <laughs> this one. I mean, I love this track. This this um, this is about a spaceman mm. being sort of looking down on the Earth and thinking about how perfect it all looks and missing missing his his wife uh, missing his family it's just a simple image that i had in my head um, and yeah i miss i miss you love i mm. i miss i miss you i i just want to be with you and, um, yeah it's as simple as that i just a uh, it was it was a melody that i really really liked and um it jumps up the octave which is very unusual It's very difficult to sing i mean don't don't listen to it too carefully (laughs) um but uh yeah i love how it just grows and grows and grows and i try to create with with the sound of that one i just try to create a sort of um uh texture if you like a sort of space like texture um and i i i found some samples of uh space sounds and sort of messed around with them to create my own sounds for that one. So yeah, that was that was good fun to do. I, I yeah, I love that song. I love the melody of it. It keeps I'm I'm often kind of I can hear it in the back of my head thinking, oh I like that and I think it's oh that's one of one of mine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So what's that what's that great song? Oh it's mine. Yeah From up here, the world looks
2: great. No heartless warm. stars flying in the sky for us
0: There's, there seems to be something, I'm not saying this is like across millions of them, but there seems to be something about that idea of the uh, person uh, lost in space reflecting yeah. on those that are uh, left at home. It's come up a couple of times, even even in podcasts I've done of this. Uh, In this series with uh, artists that I've been speaking to, um, I had a conversation with one of my artist friends called Ravi Amrath, who said he'd written written this song about a spaceman who gets launched into space and then there's a kind of thing and he realises he's never going to get back again. And uh, he said, I've never even... Somebody said to me, oh, you mean like Space Oddity? He'd never even heard of it. It was like, He didn't realise he'd rewritten David Bowie's kind of most famous song.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I suppose is that interesting thing about being isolated. I mean, we're all, all experiencing it now, aren't we? I mean, um, that's that thing about, you know, you know desperate, desperate to see your loved ones. Yes. I mean, that's that's the, yes. the
0: essence of the song. Really. And being kept away from them. Yeah, yeah good point. It's very, yeah, very, yeah. very much uh, on people's minds at, at the moment as we're, as we're talking about this right now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. OK, wonderful, which brings us to the end of the album and, and an appropriately wow. titled song for uh, well, what we were just talking about and also for being the yeah. final track. Track 10 is called Home, which is always a good yeah. place to end, I guess.
1: Yeah, well, exactly why it ended up as the last track. Um, simple kind of thought behind it. But, um, yeah, it's a song about friendship, um, supporting my friend I mean that's something that has always 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 been important to me to to kind of support my friends family um, always putting them first and, and doing the best I can to, to be to be a good friend really and you know whether they're people having a good time or a bad time just to, to be be there and, and be the light to kind of guide people home if they get a bit lost That's that's really what that message is you know, in, in that song. Um, whatever you're going through, I'm, you know, I'm
2: here to, to help. I can't imagine what you're going through I can't imagine what he says to you Oh, my friend, I want to try and do
0: So that's our number at seven. So so even... That would be some achievement, even if you weren't doing all the other things that you've done. So uh, congratulations on on Thank another you. album completed, and the best of Thank best of luck with it. Thank you very much. Um, I guess I think you uh, there were some plans to play to actually play the album live uh, later yes. this year. I mean, I guess things are a little bit in in hiatus at the moment. Yeah, but it's this. It's not uh, You're not a studio project. You you play as well. No, yeah, yeah. Do
1: do lots of, sort of live gigs and things. and yeah so uh yeah i can't i mean i can't wait i mean it, it sort of emphasizes the need or the desire to to want to perform these songs you, know, you work so hard on them you I, you know i just want people to hear them because i've spent so many hours tinkering yeah and fine tuning i just you know you just want to get out there now and, and, and play them to people and you know a lot of love and a lot of care has gone into making the album and you know there, there were songs that didn't make it, and I mean I feel sorry for those <laughs> those songs because they were they weren't too bad, but um, um, I wanted to keep it to ten yeah, so there were literally two songs that didn't make it in the last week Wow so you feel very guilty for leaving them out yeah but uh, I think it's a ba- I think it's about ba- it's a balance now it's a nice balance between sort of uplifting stuff and deeply personal stuff uh,
0: uh, yeah. So, yeah, and you said it, it felt Can't like wait a to project. get out there and do it. And you felt it was a project that was sort of in, inspired by uh, personal oh. personal events. Do you feel that's helped you get through that process?
1: Yeah, oh, no, I know. D- definitely, definitely. Or um, sort of grief is just, it's just such an awful thing. I mean, mm. um, you learn to you know you learn to to live with it and and, and kind of walk with it every day. Um, but. Um, yeah, being able to write, I mean, I don't take that, take that for granted. It's, 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 it really helps me. Um, and a lot of the songs, uh, I'm talking, you know, hundreds of songs, yeah. um, didn't make it. So um, they, people don't have to hear them. You know, you can be as personal as you, as you like when you're writing. and yeah. they, they, they can be for you. They can be for you, if you know what I mean. Yes. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's been, a, it's been great, great to finish it. Great to finish it. I'm so proud that I finished it.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing the stories uh, of, well, your stories and the album stories with me today as well. Uh, it's been lovely to Pleasure. speak to you. I know we've met on, on several occasions, like but we've never had perhaps this long a conversation. Although I did enjoy our last conversation. No. Which seems like eons ago, <laughs> but it was uh, it was only yeah, in March, yeah, wasn't
1: it? In the, that was back. Yeah, that was that was in the real world, right? <laughs> back I in the days that. when
0: we did face to face.
1: That's when we, we could do face to face things.
0: <laughs> yeah. Gosh, uh, remember that. One day remember soon. That. One day yeah, soon. That was great. One day soon, we'll have this back.
1: Yeah, always lovely to
0: speak to you. Thanks so love. much for taking the time. Really appreciate it. And good luck with the uh, with the album and. Uh, go and listen to it. That's what we'll both say to everybody. Go and listen to the
2: album.
0: you go that's been the big sound machine podcast with nathan timothy check out the notes on the podcast episode to find out all the links to the songwriting charity links to nathan on spotify etc. go there if you want to have a listen listen to the whole album it's very good indeed very much traditional songwriting very lovely and the songwriting charity well, it's just a great thing to do, isn't it? Teach kids how to song, songwrite, write songs. Yeah. <laughs> See you next time on the Big Song Machine.